0: Who's ready for some word this morning? Amen. Amen. That's more like If you would, open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 5. We have a special guest with us uh, today. Kelly is our friend from college. Uh, we, I met her in 2000s. I think Sarah met her in 2000 two or three, uh, but we've been friends a while, she was in our wedding, and she's visiting from Ohio, we won't hold that against her today, but she's visiting today, and she's here for a few days with us, and she has supported our ministry, and her family has, and we're very grateful for that, so we thank her for being, visiting with us today to see what God is doing in uh, Legacy Church, Exodus chapter 5, I've got a few verses today, I usually don't do a lot of verses, but I have a few today. Exodus chapter 5 I'm going to read one verse from Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 And it reads as this it says Exodus 5:1 it says afterward Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said this is what the Lord the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for all that you are doing in our lives. Things that we cannot even see yet, things that we don't understand, things that have us confused in our life right now, God. You are working those out on our behalf. You are going before us. You are making crooked places and paths straight for us. You're going before us and you're leveling mountains, oh God. You're going before us and you're knocking down hurdles before us. That is that is you, that is who that you are today. God, and I just thank you, God, for your presence that is already in this place. God, I thank you in advance for the hearts of worship that is going to be unlocked in this place today. God, I thank you in advance for the lives that are going to be touched and ministered to today, God. And for this, we give you all honor and all glory. It's in your name that we pray. in the church said amen amen and amen these last five weeks we've been talking about giants we're moving on this uh, this week next week I'm going to start uh, talking about a uh, a series on the Holy Spirit. But today I'm talking about worship this morning, worship. And in this passage of scripture in Exodus, when you look at the word Exodus, and when you hear the word Exodus, you hear the word exit. And Exodus is all about the journey through the wilderness and exiting that and going to the promised land. And whenever you become ready for an Exodus Moment in your life, or whenever you become ready to leave a season to enter into a new season, you must start making bold declarations over your life. Whenever you are ready for a shift in your life, when you are ready for a new season in your life, when you are ready for an exodus moment, an exit season in your life, you must start making bold declarations over your life. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, look, let my people go. It was a bold declaration that your average person would not be able to make. So whenever you become ready for an exodus in your life, whenever you become ready for a new season or to go to high, that you've never been to before or whenever you're making a big decision in your life, you must start making bold declarations with your mouth about your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Your mouth has power. Whenever your faith, your mind and your mouth start aligning, a shift will be in order for you. Why? Because your mouth has so much power. In Proverbs 18, the word says that the power of life is in uh, your tongue holds the power of life and death. There is so much power in your mouth and in your tongue. It says that it has the power of life and death are right on your tongue tongue. If you ever want to know someone's level of faith, just listen to them talk. If you ever want to know where someone is at in their mind, just listen to them talk. If you ever want to know someone's real personality, just stay with them a little while. And and, and before you know it, you will hear them talk and and their mouth will start reflecting their heart. There is so much power in our words and in our mouth this morning. There's power in your mouth. They said, let my people go go before you and you need, I I want you to get this in your notes this morning before there can be a letting go, there must be a let it out moment. Before there is a let it go moment, there must be a let it out of your mouth moment. Before before enemies can let it go, there must be a declaration that comes out of your mouth that says, I'm not staying here anymore. God, this is not God's desire for my life because a declaration always precedes a breakout. A declaration of God's word, a declaration of God's promises always precedes a breakout moment. In other words, if you want love to break out in your city, declare it. If you want forgiveness to break out in your relationship, declare it. If you want revival to break out in the streets of Rome, Georgia, declare it. If you want the nation to have a great awakening again, start declaring it. Amen? Amen? Start declaring it. Let my people go. Pharaoh here was the modern day enemy. We've been talking about giants. And he was the giant in this story. He was the enemy. Everyone has a Pharaoh. Someone that's a dream killer. Someone that's a wheel stiller. Someone that's a joy robber. Someone that's a faith stopper. Every one of us has a Pharaoh in our life. Someone who is trying or something that is trying to hinder us to getting to the destination where God Wants us to be. But you must understand the promises of God and the word of God whenever you are up against a Pharaoh. Because John 10:10 says that the thief or your Pharaoh has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. God is all about you and your family experiencing freedom. God is all about you and your family experiencing freedom. And God is calling us to live out that word no matter what season of life you may be in no matter what walk you may be in god is ready for you to experience that and to for pharaoh to let you go in this passage of scripture this one little verse the word says why did god want his people free and it was simple he said so they could have a festival for me in the desert hmm a desert doesn't sound fun and a festival in a dry place really doesn't sound fun but he says I want my people free so they can hold a festival for me this festival was a time of worship he says I want my people free for nothing else I don't want them to tweet about it I don't want them to write a story about it if you want to do that that's fine if you want to write a book about it that's fine he said but I want my people free just so they can worship me that is the importance of worship that is how God God, that's how much God values your worship. He says, I don't want them to write a book about me. I don't want them to put me up on a billboard. I just want them to worship me right here in the middle of the desert. He said, I just want some worship. Because you've got to understand something that the devil or your Pharaoh, they cannot stand it whenever they do not like it. And they whenever you get sick and tired of your bad attitude. They don't like it whenever you get sick and tired of of being in debt and you make it and you make a change in your life Pharaoh's don't like it when you get sick and tired of secrets Pharaoh's don't like it when you get sick and tired of your promiscuous relationships I knew it was going to be quiet in here this morning. The pharaohs don't like it when you get sick and tired of being a liar. The The Pharaoh don't like it whenever you get sick and tired of jealous bones in your body. Pharaohs don't like it when you get sick and tired of fear. Pharaohs don't like it when you get sick and tired of being a drama starter. But guess what? Pharaohs hate it whenever you start to worship. The devil cannot stand when you start to worship because as I said last week, the devil knows the difference between someone who's just singing and entertainment and the voice of a worshiper. He cannot stand someone who worships because he realizes that when someone starts to worship, there's about to be a shift in their their life. And you must understand this morning that worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not a 20-minute set of songs. Worship is not three songs and you sit down and take up offering. But worship must be a lifestyle. And at some point, we must get so sick and tired of being where we are that we stop complaining and we just start to worship. Worship creates change in our lives. I'm going to go quickly to 2 Kings chapter 3. Turn with me there. Continuing with worship. 2 Kings is right after 1 Kings. That's a joke. 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. One of my favorite stories, and I will preach about it many, many times. So if you stay here too long, you will hear me tell this story again. I love telling this story. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, Elijah and Elisha are some of my favorite people in the Bible. Elisha is really one of my favorite people in the Bible because the Word says that he was bald. (laughs) And let me tell you from Scripture... How deadly it is for you to mess with a bald man that's full of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Kings chapter 2, right before I start reading in the next passage, from Elisha went up to Bethel, and all of a sudden a bunch of young people came out of the town and jeered at him. Young people were laughing at the bald guy. They shouted out at him, go on up, you bald head. This is in the Bible, they said. Go on up, you bald head. They said it again. And listen, what it, this is how deadly it is to make fun of someone who, a bald-headed man who's full of the Holy Spirit. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled them to death. Don't mess with a bald-headed man that's full of the Holy Spirit. It's Scripture, okay? It's Scripture this morning. Don't do it. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 14. Elisha is here. One of my favorite people in the Bible. Elisha is here. And before you know it, it's a dry season. It's not only, they're not only in a desert, but they're in a valley. We know giants attack in the valley. Here they are, and an army is setting out for war. And before you know it, they realize that it has been days without rain. They have no water. They have thousands of sheep and thousands of rams that they are walking through this desert out for battle. Their their, their flocks are dying, that's their livelihood. Their men are dehydrated and they are scared they are about to die. Because of no water. And all of a sudden, there's like, is there anyone here? And one of the people there says, Hey, I know this guy. He's a man of God. He knows God. He can, he can, he can help us out. Although we, although we really don't believe in him, the, the, this guy knows somebody, God, and he's gonna help us out. And in verse 14, let's do 13. Elisha said to the king of Israel, Listen, the king of Israel, he says, what do we have to do with, each other, do with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and, a, and the prophets of your mother. No, the king Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to hand us over to Moab. All of a sudden, Elisha's here, and he's like, Look, we, 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 we're not worshiping the same guy. You go, you go call on your gods. I'm going to stay right here. And Elisha, in verse 14, said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives... Whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you or even notice you. But now bring me a harpist. Hmm. Bring me a harpist in the middle of this desert. And while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. And he said, This is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches. For this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain. Yet this valley will be filled with water. And you and your cattle and your other animals will drink of it. How crazy is it? This is how crazy this bald headed God named Elisha is. He's out in the middle of a desert. God is telling him to dig ditches. He has one request and it's for a harvest. Hmm. Pretty crazy. If you were out in a desert and God told you to dig a bunch of ditches, what would be your one request? I would ask for an army of men or some type of electrical equipment. God, give me a backhoe down from heaven. Give me something where somebody can help me dig these ditches. And this crazy guy asked for a harpist. But you've got to realize the power behind this harp. Because all Elisha was asking for was for somebody to help him worship. Yeah. Elisha knew the power of worship. Last week, we were talking about David. And what did I say? I ended the series with what? David kept his hand on his wife, His heart, because he kept his hand on his worship and his eyes on the Lord. And right now he says, I just want somebody to worship with me. Right here in the middle of this valley, I just need some worship. He said, before I even dig a ditch, let's worship. Before anything can happen, let's dig a ditch. Before anything ever happens. I just need somebody to worship with me. Elisha understood the power of worship. And if you read the scripture, it says as soon as the harpist began to play, that's when the word of God came upon Elisha. If you ever want a word from God, don't wait till Sunday morning for your pastor to give it to you. You just need to start to worship. Don't wait till turn on your don't, don't 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 turn on your Facebook and go through the one minute clips of Stephen Furt to get your word. But if you want a word from God, you just need to start worshiping right in the middle wherever you are at. Just to worship, and before you know it, they started digging ditches. Hmm. They were digging ditches in the middle of a dry, dry place. Why? Because it was in preparation for what God was about to do. They did not realize what they were doing, but their worship was digging irrigation systems through the driest valley that they have ever been through. Their worship was digging ditches for irrigation systems that would impact generations to come. Your worship has the power to impact generations. Nomeratians that's the power of your worship and before you know it they are out there digging Elisha is and somebody dudes over here playing a harp and he's over here digging ditches and before you know it the entire place the entire valley is filled with ditches isn't it crazy that somebody that was an enemy would come and ask this man that's filled with the spirit who did not like him now is asking for his help let me tell you something when you get the power of God in your life, the people who were once your enemies will see God working in your life, and then they will start calling you up saying, how did you do it? How did you write that book? How did you plant that church? I know I talked about you like you're a dog, but I want to know what God is doing in your life now. That is the power of your worship, and that's the power of our God. Enemies will start looking to you for answers. Ah. Uh. Enemies will start looking to you for answers. And get this. All of a sudden, they're still worshiping. And before they know it, in verse 20, the next morning, about the time for offering, the sacrifice, there it was water flowing from the direction of Edom and the land was filled with water. A miracle. Your worship can lead you to miracles. I will repeat it again. Your worship can open doors for miracles. I will repeat it again until someone says amen with me. Your worship can open doors for miracles do not ever stop worshipping when you can't see it Just keep worshipping when it's hot as a desert Just keep worshipping because your worship opens doors for miracles all of a sudden the water was flowing and Get what happens here This is so great it's just like the Lord to turn your worship into something even greater than you imagine. All of a sudden, they were worshiping. The water starts flowing. And the next verse, verse 21. Now, although Moabites have heard that the kings had come to fight against them, the army is across the way. So every man, young and old, who could bear arms was called up and stationed on the border. When they got up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water. Hmm. The enemies are looking at the miracle. The enemies are looking at the miracles that worship has created, that worship and obedience has created. To the Moabites, you need to understand this, the enemies were looking across the way and the water looked red like blood because the sun was shining down on it so bright. And listen what the enemy said. That's blood. Hmm. Those kings must have fought and slaughtered each other. Now to the plunder Moab. And they went out to the fields and they go attack. And when the king in verse 26 gets there, he took 700 swordsmen to break through the king of Edom, but they failed. Then he took his firstborn son and offered him as a sacrifice. Why? Because Israel had won the battle. Do you understand what happened all of a sudden, the enemy is looking over the water that was created by worship. And they're looking down, and now it looks like blood. And they're like, Praise the Lord, this is awesome. Guess what? They got so scared of us, they killed themselves. Look at all of the blood all throughout the valley. Look at it, it's crazy. And guess what? Worship opens doors for miracles and worship and miracles will confuse your enemies Worship and miracles will confuse your enemies because the miracle that the worship created The enemy is standing over here and they thought it was blood. They thought we got this So before you know it they take off running But when they get there they realize that it wasn't blood But it was water and all of a sudden God's armies were there and they begin to attack and the story was over Why because the world Worship, open doors for a miracle, and miracles confuse your enemies. You want to confuse your enemy? Worship. You want to confuse your enemy? Pray for a miracle, because the devil does not understand miracles. The devil cannot understand it. He don't understand how you can be in a desert worshiping. He don't understand how you can be on your deathbed worshiping. He don't understand how you can be in the lowest place of your life in worshiping. He don't understand how you can be signing the divorce papers and worshiping. He don't understand how you can be bankrupt and still worshiping. He doesn't understand how your child can be out selling drugs and you still worshiping. It will confuse the devil. Keep worshiping. And before you know it, they came over and they were confused. And God's army raised themselves up, slaughtered an entire enemy's army. And it all started because just a little bit of worship. Just a little bit of worship. 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 Few people really experience true, true worship. Very few people in today's society, in today's church, really experience true worship because so many people come to worship settings to be entertained. So many people come just to say, are they going to sing my song? Are they going to do this today? What color is the lights going to be today? Is the haze machine going to be on today? How loud is it going to be today? Is sister so-and-so going to do my solo today? And all of a sudden, we have come into this place to be entertained. Mm. But So many few people experience true supernatural worship. Let me tell you, if I can, what supernatural worship looks like. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 6, all of a sudden it's a famous passage of scripture, and it really is painting a picture of what worship looks like for us, or it can look like for us um, here on earth. And in Isaiah chapter 6, a famous passage of scripture, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was seated on a throne. He was high and exalted. And it says the train of his robe filled the temple. Wow. A train of a robe. If you have watched a wedding, as the bride comes down with a long train, Can you imagine a train that was so large that it filled every square inch of this room? That is what God's presence does when you start to worship. He comes in and it is like a piece of fabric it goes over every chair it goes over every person the lost the saved those who have the spirit those who does not his worship can come in and like a train of the robe the presence of God starts to and to fill the entire building isn't that amazing Does that not give you some chills to think that when God walks through the doors, it's like a train of the robe, a piece of fabric covering every square inch of this place. Nothing will be uncovered. That is why worship does for you. That's what worship does for the church. Whenever you start to worship, it allows him to come in and his train to fill his people. And then the word says, get this, above him were seraphs. A seraphs, each with six wings, two with wings that covered their faces, and two that covered their feet, and two they were flying. Listen to what they were doing. The word says that they were calling to one another. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The word says that they were non stop, they were not stopping, but they were crying out to one another. Another. This is the importance of your worship. This is the importance of you crying out to each other because through the week, if you're crying it out to each other, you are reminding someone else that God is good. You are reminding someone else that God is able. You are reminding someone else that they have not been forgotten. That is the importance of worshiping together. Now get this visual in your mind. What would happen? We may have 125, 50 people here today. Guess what? What would happen if all of of us this week went across Rome. Georgia. We went across this city and across this county, and we were crying out across the city. Holy, holy, holy. We were crying out to each other. Do you want to know what would happen in this place? Before you know it, we would create like an umbrella of glory over the city. We would create an umbrella of worship over the city. Do you want to see revival in your city? Guess what? All we cry out to each other, holy, holy, holy. And before you know it, we have created like a tapestry over the city of God's glory. Holy, 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 holy. They were crying out nonstop. Holy, holy, holy. They wouldn't stop. They just kept going and going and going. And all day and all night, they were crying out to each other. They were worshiping, they were worshiping, saying that He's holy. They were crying out to each other, He's holy. Listen, and at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. The doorpost, the thresholds shook. This doorpost, it's a permanent fixture. It's a permanent fixture in this building, this doorpost. Yes, we can rip it off, but it's just not going to fall off the wall. You would need an instrument. It is, it's, it's permanent. It has been drilled. It has been, it has been made into this wall. It's not going anywhere. But guess what? You want to know the power of worship, the power of worship that those angels were doing. It was so great that it caused something permanent to shake. Mm. It calls something permanent to shake. And all of a sudden, there are things in your life that you think are permanent. There are situations in your life that you have been told are permanent. There are situations in your life, depression, that your great-grandmother have and your grandmother and your mother. And you said, "Uh, there's no way I'm getting around it. It's me. Guess what? There are situations in your life where you've been told you'll never get out of debt. There are situations in your life that you're told your marriage will never work It's permanent failure. But guess what? Your worship has the ability to shake those things loose. That is the power of worship. It has the power to break things loose that you thought and were told were permanent in your life. That is the power of worship this morning. And it said as they shook, the temple was filled with smoke. Somebody say smoke. Smoke. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, go quickly with me. I told you I've got one more scripture. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. We're talking about a supernatural type of worship this morning. Supernatural worship. Whenever you get in the spirit and you start worshiping like never before, supernatural things start taking place. Water. The water of your worship. Worship is like water. It makes God's presence grow. And in this passage of Scripture, you will find yourself in one of these categories this morning. The Word says in Ezekiel chapter 47 in verse 1, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. This is a vision. And I saw water coming from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced eastward. And the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was flowing from the south side. Now listen to this. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through water that was ankle deep. Somebody say ankle deep. Ankle deep. There are so many Christians alive today that are in churches this morning, that they are in waters of worship that are only ankle deep, Hmm. Do you know what ankle deep is? It's like a kiddie pool. You're just splashing in it. You don't want to get soaked. You don't want to get wet. You just want to be enough in it to say that you did it. Mm. Just ankle deep in worship. Wow. How many Christians are in churches today that are just ankle deep? They don't want to go any further. They just want to be in it to get the t-shirt. They just want to be in it to say they did it. They just want to be in it because they love the new elevation CD. They just want to be in ankle deep just so they can say that they were there. Ankle deep. Then the word says, after it was ankle deep, he measured off another thousand cubits And he led me through water that was what? Knee deep. Knee deep. The knee is so important. Because as you bend it, it helps to propel you forward. It helps to move you forward. Do you want to know what? This is through a revelation that I was studying back a long time ago that God just really began to show me these different levels of worshipers. He said, do you want to know what the knee-deep worshiper is? Knee-deep worshipers are, uh, whenever you're running, it it, it propels you forward. It allows you to advance. He says, knee-deep worshipers, some of you aren't going to like this, knee-deep worshipers are people who are running around chasing a fire. But will do nothing to start it themselves. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. They run around, run around, run around. I want this revival, I want this new song. I'll run down to Florida. I'll run down to Texas. I'll run over here because I heard there's a revival. I'll run here. And you can never settle down and really worship. You're just running around trying to chase fires. you run around over here. I like, the, oh, I, I like the, what that pastor said last week. I don't like what he said this week. I'm going over here. And then all of a sudden, you're just running around. You're running around. You're running around. And before you know it, you love a fire. You love a good revival. You love a good message. But you don't want to do anything to create a fire yourself. Hmm. Knee deep, worshipers. Whew. Knew that was gonna be rough. Knee deep worshippers, they're fire chasers, but they don't want to do anything themselves to help create the fire for where they are. And then the word says, After it was knee deep, he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist. Waist, about the middle point of the body. This is one of the most dangerous worshipers because you're halfway in and halfway out. Like scripture, you're not cold, you're not hot, you're just lukewarm and you get halfway there and the scripture says that it makes our God so sick for halfway Christians that he wants to spew you out of his mouth. How many people are just halfway in? I like the song, but I'll only lift my hands this far. I won't come here. I'm okay, God. I know you held your hands out for me on a cross, but I can't hold my hands out for you. You know, I can't, I know you were on that cross a long time, but right now, no, 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 it's, it's, I, I, I'm not comfortable. I wasn't raised that way. This is, this, is, this, is, this is causing me a little little anxiety. Like, I don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm just going to go halfway there. And God said, you are lukewarm. And God is calling a generation of worshipers to go even farther than that. And the scripture says, It was ankle deep, it was knee deep, it was waist deep. Then he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a water that no one could even cross. I don't know about you But I want my worship to be like I am swimming in the presence of God. I want it to be so deep when you walk into this place that it's like you've got to back to your seat. I want you to be able to backstroke out of this building. I want it to be th- so high in this place, the waters of our worship, that it flows out into the streets, that it goes under the door, that it goes down Turner McCall, that it flows down Avenue A, Ave, that it goes down Broad Street. And before you know it, a generation of worshipers have changed the church. Because they're sick and tired of being ankle deep. They're sick and tired of being fire chasers. They're sick and tired of being halfway there. But they are ready to be all the way in, swimming in the worship of God. Wow. All the way over. Submerged in water. Stand with me this morning. Can you imagine what it's like to be in the presence that is so deep, that is so deep, it's like you have to swim through the presence. Can you imagine a worship that is so thick? It's like you've gotta swim in this presence. You don't have to crawl to the altar. You don't gotta, all you gotta do is swim because it's, it's just so deep with his presence. Worship creates those atmospheres. I want his presence to flow into the streets. And his presence can't flow into the streets until it's flowing into the churches in America again. Hmm. I'll say it again. His presence will not flow into the streets until it's flowing in the churches again and i want this place to be like a living well that it is stirring up something inside of people that creates hearts of worship a word was spoken over me last pentecost sunday uh, I, w- I was at a church and he uh, called me forward and he said your church that you are about to plant you will be unlocking hearts of worship you will be unlocking hearts of worship it will be it will it will be a house of worship and before you know it it is like you will be going to each and in- Each and every person, those who have worshiped and those who have never worshiped, and it will be like a key that you will be turning through the word and through the worship, that it will unlock worship in their heart, and the building will not be able to contain it. Worship. It's like water, it causes the holy presence of God to grow because you've got to understand. The natural is so much different from the supernatural because in the natural world, when you want to see a fire, you get, the water, you get the water to extinguish the fire. But in the supernatural world, when you want the fire of God, you have to add the waters of your worship and water. It, it, the worship becomes like water and it causes his presence to grow. Pharaoh can't stand water. Your Pharaoh can't stand it when you start to worship. He can't stand it. Because do you, do you know how Pharaoh died? He drowned in water. Pharaoh drowned in the sea with water. And if you want to kill some of your enemies today, if you want to irritate some of your enemies today, if you want to show your Pharaohs that you're still living, I dare you to worship. I dare you to worship. I dare you to open your mouth. I dare you to get out of your comfort zone and just worship. Because Pharaohs can't stand water. It brings back flashbacks of being trapped in the sea and the water coming over them. Worship is like water today. It will kill your Pharaoh today. And before you know it, Holy, holy. Holy,
1: holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. holy.
0: I dare you to sing it out. I dare you to sing it out cry out to each other holy
1: holy holy yes lord holy 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 yes lord is the lord god almighty yes lord holy 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 yes lord holy 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 sing it out yeah. holy 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 is the lord god almighty sing it
0: out again yes. holy 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 Raise your hands in this place. Declare it. Come on, sing it.
1: Crying out to each other.
0: time say you know what I don't like that song cuz it's so repetitive and I said you're really gonna hate heaven because all you're gonna hear is holy 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 you're really gonna have a rough time in heaven because all the angels are gonna be singing holy 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 worship confuses your enemy worship will confuse your enemy Worship will give way to miracles which will confuse your enemy. Worship will give way to miracles which will confuse your enemy. Worship will give way to miracles which will create confusion for your enemy. Come on, sing it out this morning. Confuse an enemy today. Confuse your depression today. Okay. ankle deep worshiper God's calling you up. Every knee deep worshiper, God's calling you to a new level. Every waist deep worshiper, God is calling you to a new level. God is ready for us to swim in his presence this morning. God is ready for you to go deeper with him. Worship him deeper like never before. When you do, he will raise you up. He will raise you up. God, today I pray God that we have been challenged by your word this morning God I pray Lord that today someone's heart is being unlocked and now they are a worshiper the no dry desert is going to interrupt their worship that no Pharaoh will be able to interrupt their worship God God, but I am declaring and I am decreeing that this is a house. Of worship this is a house of worship and this is a house of miracles we declare it and we decree it God and we will thank you no matter what other people around us are saying we will still declare it and we will decree it why cause you're reigning today you are reigning in Zion you are overlooking us today and we want our worship to match what you have done for us today miracles God I thank you for all that you have done for all that you are going to do oh God right now let it rain on your people as we lift up worship to you let it rain on your people and right now God All throughout this week, we're going to start digging ditches in preparation for what you are about to do, oh God. This week, oh God, we're getting out our spiritual shovels and we are digging up ditches. So many of us, so many of us have been in seasons where we've not been digging up ditches, but we've dug up everything that we should not have dug up. We've been like an old country song, digging up bones. We've been assuming things that's better left alone. We've been digging up bad. We've been digging up bad reports from doctors. We've been digging up bad memories. But today, oh God, we're digging away like an irrigation system, oh God. So whenever you pour out your spirit, God, it will pour out throughout this this sanctuary. It will flow up and down the streets, oh God, today. God, we are digging ditches of worship all across this city in preparation for what you are about to do. We will not be ankle worshipers. We will not be fire chasers. We will not be halfway there. But God, let us be a church that is submerged in your presence, oh God. We thank you. And we magnify you.